Breaking live from the ESPN 690 and Jar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. They get three first-round draft picks, Funky. You guaranteed that you're going to be able to get a franchise quarterback? No, because if you get three first-round draft picks this year, it's not a franchise quarterback in the draft. Kyler Murray has been an MVP candidate. Like, he has lived up to the billing. Is he a great leader? No. He has to mature? Yes. But listen, name me 10 quarterbacks better than Kyler Murray in the league right now. It's hard to do. Right? He's, he's 24 years old. He's a dual-threat quarterback. What is the Houston Texans going to get back in return that's better than that? They have their own first-round draft pick that's pretty damn high. So if you're able to go get a guy like Kyler Murray, and then if you're on the other side from Arizona, you're, I'm looking at it like, okay, he's saying he's not going to play for $5 million, right? So, okay, he, want, he wants to try and dictate the terms to us. I'm going to get rid of him, and I'm going to bring a quarterback that's better. <laughs> Interesting take from Bart Scott on the old Deshaun Watson and maybe Kyler Murray situation. Now, I have not heard that. I think he was just opining about a possibility. But that would be something. Uh, what about the Atlanta Falcons and Deshaun Watson? That is the hottest one going around here on a Tuesday. Brent Martineau along with... Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz, Action Sports Shack Studios. Quick reminder, we have a lot of the NCAA basketball games, including the first four games tonight on ESPN 690. Casey and Brian Middleton will give you Action Sports Shack's OT from 6 p.m. until 6.30. Then we pick up NCAA basketball coverage. So your home for the NCAA tournament this March and into early April is right here on ESPN 690. We'll have the other first four games tomorrow. And then on Thursday, what we'll do is we'll have the noontime games and then that afternoon slate, well, will be our show. We're not ducking off for the NCAA games. But then at night, all NCAA basketball games right after our show uh, from 3 to 6. Casey, jump in here. Are you guys doing uh, Action Sports Shacks overtime on Thursday as well? Yeah, so we'll do it, uh, like you just said, today, uh, Wednesday as well from 6 to 6.30, and then on Thursday from 6 to 7. Not on Friday because I got to run out of here and head down to Bradenton. The Pirates were calling me. They need me to come to a spring training game on Saturday. Oh, I like that. So, very uh, good. But today, tomorrow, and Thursday, you got me and Brian, whether you like it or not, 6 to 6.30, and then uh, Thursday, 6 to 7. Good stuff. I love it. I love it. Uh, Casey, are you going to be on the mound or playing first base <laughs> for them? Oh, I'm uh, – yep. Hey, yep. They could probably use you. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm hey, saying? Trash franchise. Yep. Yeah, it is pretty yeah. bad. Yeah. Yeah, why, tell us again, why do you go to the Pirates one? Uh, so I'm – where I grew up is, spot. yeah, I grew up in Palmetto, which is across the bridge from Bradenton, which is where the Pirates are, and we had season tickets for a very long time. We just recently got rid of them, so whenever spring training comes up, uh, there's only one spot I really want to go, and that's uh, old Lee Com Park in McKechnie Field in Bradenton, Florida. That's cool. <laughs> Shout that's out cool. to 941. Let's go. <laughs> And uh, I know that Erica, too, because uh, <laughs> Steph's parents have that. Um, they go for three months down the Venice-Sarasota area, and uh, that's where actually we're going to head down for the next couple of days. Um, I'll do the radio from down there. And there's plenty to pick from. Like, we went to the Yankees complex today. Uh, Creekside baseball team's playing a couple of games in Clearwater. And so uh, we went over there today, and uh, Travis Chapman, Bishop Kenny guy, Jacksonville guy, is now the first base coach for the New York Yankees, which was cool to see him do his thing. I might talk about him a little bit more in a moment his story uh but then if you go to obviously you got bradenton nearby and and you got others nearby but then you go down that venice sarasota area uh is your rays uh, yep. are down there uh, mm-hmm. in port charlotte and then if you keep going a little bit further south you go minnesota and the red sox in fort myers but now they just built that the world champion braves uh complexes in sarasota uh so uh, i think it's sarasota technically i think it's in that city limits 
And uh, so I'm kind of wondering, maybe I'll sneak over to one of those. And I'm thinking almost the Braves just to see the new complex might be might be the way to go. Yeah, the, the, the Braves complex, I've not been, but I've heard very good things that it's uh, pretty nice. So, And I know a lot of people that have been down there already for practices and whatnot that have just started. So, yeah, I think Braves is a spot. But honestly, all of those, the Pirates for a while were behind a lot of those complexes, but they put up the boardwalk and they did a lot of things to kind of keep track. But, yeah, the Orioles are down there and the Rays, the Red Sox, all newer facilities that are really nice as well. Austin, have you, have you ever been to a spring training game? I have not. And you gotta go do it. You gotta do it like you. It would be like I feel like it's a good fit for you. I know, who, like you're 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 a lifestyle guy. You're like a Jack's Beach guy. I am. And the berm in in a spring training game is that lifestyle. Okay. Like don't you don't have to think baseball. It's like it's like I gotta get people off like the players' championship. You don't think golf. Yeah. Right. You know they like golf. You go to sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. And it's not golf, right? You've been there. You know that. Sure, sure. And so, like, the berm is, is like going to Jack's Beach. Okay. So, you got to go go to a game. Yeah, but if it's not the Brewers, man, I don't, you know. It, but it, it, it has nothing to do with the baseball. It doesn't matter who you're playing. I, I, I know, but, like, I could just as well go to a Madison Mallards game back in Wisconsin and pay 20 bucks for all you can drink in the duck blind. It's good, it's, it's a good time. The, the Madison Mallards, they're a minor league team. The duck blind? Yeah, so you pay 20 bucks, they call it the duck blind. All you can drink. And wow. uh, 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 it's like up until like the fifth inning. Then you got to pay after. When do they start the uh, the uh, baseball season in Madison? Like June? Pretty much, yeah. You <laughs> think so, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're not messing around. Uh, anyway, you got to get uh, – you know what I miss the most? Uh, I'll be honest with you. I miss the fact that they moved Washington out of Vieira because Vieira was an easy drive from Jacksonville. Right. You're talking like door-to-door – in two hours, and if you drove real fast, less. Because their complex is right now. It's like the uh, U-Triple-S-A softball complex, I think. But, you, yeah, that's right. I mean, that, that, uh, I mean, I remember, like, Bryce Harper. I actually had something uh, come up on Facebook the other day when the kids were little. We took them down to Steven Strasburg, they saw, uh, pitch in, in the spring training game. And I remember being in line with Harper's dad to get tickets because we actually knew through a friend, like, the um, – uh, the trainer for the Nationals at the time, and so he put some tickets at will call, and so we were right behind like Bryce Harper's dad before Bryce Harper was like, like actually real Bryce Harper. He was just a prospect at the time that was still coveted, but um, man, that's why I, I miss Vieira because it's easy to get to. The other ones you got to take a hike to, and now obviously the Braves are even out of Orlando, so right. there's really nothing close to Jacksonville. Yeah, there's there's really not, and that trip to West Palm is not super fun. So yeah, they kind of it's it's tough for Jacksonville, but Austin, I'm telling you, bro, you got to go. It has, right. it has absolutely nothing to do with baseball. Like I won't know who's on Maybe the field we should just go, for the but... Pirates nor the Tigers. It's just about drinking and being merry. It's yeah. just it's just a good time, you know. You're out yeah. with the people, chilling, you yeah. know, in the sun. As long mm-hmm. as it doesn't rain, you know, they oh, are yeah. playing some baseball. Rumor has it yeah. there might be a foul ball your way, heads up type situation. But other than that, okay. it's a good time. Okay. Yeah. That was a good time. That was, that's, we, we were, so we were over the Yankees a little bit earlier. I told you, uh, man, Aaron Judge is so big. Yeah. So yeah. big. Yeah. It's amazing. Saw Stanton um, as well. Also big. He's big. Those two guys are so big. But, like, I saw Judge. Like, you know they're big. And the Yankees, if you look at their roster and their lineup, they're all big. Like, they look like a slow-pitch softball team. A lot of big humans, yeah. Right? And then you look at <laughs> those big guys. Yeah, usually. Slip yourself. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and then so so then you, you got the little huddle, and they don't have the whole team, but they had like 15 guys in the huddle, and then I tweeted the picture, and Judge is on the left, and he's like a foot taller than everybody else. 
which he's not really, but it looks like he is. Was Donaldson there? You know, I'll, I'll, here's one thing I'll tell you. It's hard to tell who the heck anybody is That's outside true. of Judge and Stanton. Well, yeah, because they're big. Well, they're all big, but they all have, like, sweatshirts on. They don't have numbers. Oh, uh, true. You know? So they're all wearing Yankee sweatshirts, and I have no idea who anybody is. Like, I was looking for who's the new shortstop they just traded for. Uh, K Isaiah Carey Feller or whatever his name yeah, is. Yeah, because we went and watched some of the infield work, too, because, um, well, Ty likes that, but also uh, that's where Travis Chapman was working with. So the story on Chapman, real quick, then we'll get to the Deshaun Watson stuff. He's an unbelievable story, in my opinion. Because he's a Jacksonville guy, and people who know baseball around here will know Travis Chapman. Went to Bishop Kenny, went to Mississippi State, was a really good player. Played in the minor leagues for like six, seven years, I think it was. Got one at-bat, guys. I think I've told you this story before. One at-bat in the big leagues, uh, I believe, with the Phillies. I think it was like a ground ball to third. But he basically got like the field of dreams at-bat. Hmm. You know? Yeah. That was it. Yeah, no, that's cool. Like, really cool. So then he gets out, and I think he starts teaching at Nice. And so he teaches at Nice for, I think it's like eight years or something. And he's actually, this is how we got to know him. Steph was teaching at Nice, and their classrooms were right next to each other. Meanwhile, at that time, like, I had no idea who Travis Chapman was, to be quite honest. We had just moved here. Well, then he leaves the classroom and starts working in the Yankees organization. And, you know, he's, we hear he's in our neighborhood. He lives in our neighborhood. So we, and Steph knows him. I don't really know him. But they, um... So he starts making his way up a little bit. He's doing, like, instructional league. He did some single-A ball stuff. He taught uh, or instructed down in Puerto Rico. And, well, before you know it, this past December, he got a call from Aaron Boone. Wants him to be the first base coach. Dang. That's crazy. I mean, it's an unbelievable story. Really. Very cool. You yeah. know? And I, I think it's – he's a very humble guy. Like, he probably would be mad if I, I tried to do a story on it. But, I mean, just think about that path. From Bishop Kenny to Mississippi State, who obviously is the defending national champs, and they've always been very good, to the big leagues for an at-bat, to, to the classroom and teaching, to now he's, like, teaching base running today to Giancarlo Stanton. That's awesome. And he's throwing BP today to Aaron Judge. Cool. <laughs> That's insane, saying that. It's a really great story. Wow. I mean, it's a really, really cool story. So, anyway, uh, I'll share that story as much as possible. And he's a super good dude, too. A uh, really, really good guy. So uh, that was fun to see him do his thing. And now I got to kind of root for the Yankees. I think I told you this, but I kind of got to root for him because Boone's done. Like they're done if they don't win. And I, I don't want Chapman to lose his job. Now I want him to have a nice career in the in the big leagues. Yeah, but you never know. I mean, even if they do lose, maybe he does such a great job he gets a, an offer someplace else. Yeah, that's true. But it'd probably be better if he did that for a few years with the Yankees and helped kind of fix them a little bit because you know what he's heavy into the analytics and this is one thing in Casey, i'm not sure if you see this a lot they measure everything now mm -hmm. like you know what he had today he, he had a lot when he wasn't throwing bp or hitting fungos he had like a um when they were fielding balls and also uh doing base running he had an ipad up yeah and so he would record the ipad and boom it would give him like instant you know then he'd go talk to judge or stanton or you name your guy about Hey, yeah, you were like a step late on here. And I think there's even, like, metrics to everything they do as the ball's getting hit or all this. I mean, it's just amazing how many things are measured. Well, he's been a big part of that, like the analytics department in their Yankees organization. So um, it's a new game, man. <laughs> it's a new game. But it's fun to – I was thinking of this today. What – isn't it amazing that you could have thousands of people at, at Yankee – at the Yankees complex today watching people work at their job? Like, they were work, watching people work. They weren't, like, keeping score. 
Right. Sure, sure. Right? Like, um, we, uh, we uh, talk uh, about this a little bit with Twitch, right? Don't people do that on Twitch sometimes? They're just like, they'll just watch people work at their office? But that's what training camp is, though, too. I know. Training camp is a lot like that. I was like, and that's what Steph said to me. I said, isn't this wild that this many people watch people work? And he said, well, she's like, yeah, but some jobs are more fun to watch people work. That's a good point. That is true. <laughs> Dang good point. Yeah. But uh, Nobody's you know, watching me work. No, I know. Yeah. It's kind of neat, though, to watch those guys work yeah, at the craft. For sure. Um, and, and, uh, and I guess opposed to everybody else. All right. I uh, digress. Let's get back to football. Deshaun Watson, where's he going to end up? Do you think this Atlanta stuff's a real thing? Um, I definitely think it's a real thing um, just because, you know, if you compare him with, I mean, Kyle Pitts and whoever else they have, um, it's not the, you know, it's not the worst combination. I think anybody need of a quarterback is, is, is on, on the table here. You know, the Colts got turned down, which I mean, yeah. I, I guess I'm not too surprised at that. And I'm also not surprised that they actually try to go after him because he is that great. You know, there's a rumor that San Fran was interested and then they kind of squashed those rumors, even though I'm not quite sure um, if they really squashed him or if they're just trying to make Trey Lance happy. But he's he's the toast right now in terms of, the, of this quarterback class. You know, I mean, Aaron Rodgers stays. Russell Wilson goes to Denver. Deshaun Watson is the next man up, and he might be the most intriguing man up because, well, he's the youngest, and he still has a lot of football ahead of him. So the three hot teams, now, like you said, Colts turned down, and, and we knew that would happen. That should happen. Uh, San Francisco maybe, who knows, maybe they are in play. Uh, he has turned down Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to a report, I think that was an accurate report that I saw, uh, that, that he said no go to Seattle because he's got no trade clause. So let's just take Carolina seems to be in the mix because I think he was interested in that throughout the last year. Atlanta, apparently the story is he reached out to them. Yeah. And that's it's not like they were pursuing, but they're going to like, okay, well, listen, right? And, uh, and the Saints seem to be a front runner as well. Out of those three teams – Given the fact that the, the Falcons did just give Matt Ryan $14, 15000000 million like a few days ago, I mean, is Carolina still the most likely spot for Deshaun Watson in your estimation? Ooh. Um, the most likely in terms of, you know, it working for both sides, yeah. But if I'm Deshaun Watson, I don't know, there's something just about Atlanta that I like. Yeah, I don't know if it's just you know reminding me of, of, of Mike Vick and everything. Um, you know that they have that new stadium. You know, he, Watson's got a certain amount of swag. Atlanta, you know that they have. I mean, it's a city of swag, really. To me, if I'm Deshaun Watson, I'm taking a long, hard look at Atlanta. Uh, it, it's it's insane that the Saints are even in the conversation because you know just a couple weeks ago they were you know dead last in terms of salary cap being over and now you know they, they've restructured things and it's looking good but i think with alvin Kamara, we'll see what happens with that whole horror deal when he got you know got arrested um there could be some drama there in new orleans so i would probably if i'm deshaun watson i take a long hard look at atlanta which means you know then matt ryan probably goes to indianapolis and then the colts win a super bowl so there you go i think it's a very interesting thing to look at those three teams here's why the saints obviously are are in a way, they feel like they're rebooting, not necessarily resetting and starting over, but rebooting because Sean Payton's out and Drew Brees just left a couple years ago. They really don't have a quarterback. And so they could fix their quarterback woes, boom, just like that. You team them up with Alvin Kamara. Carolina, I think they've made some mega mistakes, quite frankly, not getting better quarterback play under rule. I think they've had some opportunity. They've missed that opportunity. This would be a correction 
to their missed opportunity in my estimation. And although they've shopped and maybe will still shop McCaffrey, it is pretty interesting to think about McCaffrey and Deshaun Watson. Then you have Atlanta, who I think also should have gone after quarterback last year and tried to think about the future and move on from Matt Ryan soon enough, even though it comes with a heavy cap hit. But the best thing for their organization was to get the next quarterback, and I think this could be a reprieve for them and almost a second chance to do so. Yeah, did they get Kyle Pitts? Absolutely got a very good player, it looks like. But I still think they could have gone quarterback last year and built toward the future, especially under a new coach in Arthur Smith. But now this could become really intriguing as well if you get Pitts and Watson to hook up with each other. Mm-hmm. So really fascinating with all those three teams if um, all of them are in the mix and a contender. No, without a doubt, you got to keep in mind, I mean, if, for instance, let's say the Falcons do get Deshaun Watson. Now, yeah, their offense, I mean, you got Kyle Pitts, wide receivers could argue are a little lacking, um, especially now with Calvin Ridley being out. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'm not even going to try to pronounce this guy's name, who's their starting wide receiver. Um, starts, starts with a Z and ends in an us, though, that's all I'm going to say. And then, then they have Taj. Uh, Taj Sharp's gone, too, because he's a free agent. Uh, Christian Blake and Frank Darby. So they're not going to knock your socks off at the wide receiver position. But if you get a guy like Deshaun Watson, a young guy who shows a lot of promise, if he can, st- you know, if the legal stuff's all taken care of, well, then that's a great recruiting tool to, for, you know, free agents and, and players to go to Atlanta. You know, players want to play with a great quarterback. Receivers want to play with a great quarterback. Receivers want to win. Starts with the quarterback. So I think that a team that's kind of doesn't really know who they are, like they're trying to turn over a new leaf, but then you pay Matt Ryan, you have Kyle Pitts. Like it's just a team that doesn't really have an identity of what they want to do, I feel like. If you get Deshaun Watson, well, that immediately increases your identity. And now you're playing for the win now, but you're also playing for the future with his age. Yeah. Uh, Okay, let me ask you guys this question. Think about it real fast. who would you be most fascinated to see him with in the tandems I just listed? McCaffrey, Kamara, Pitts. Uh, I mean, can I say Shanahan's offense in San Fran? <laughs> yeah, you don't think, but it sounds like that's not going to happen, right? Like well, that's less realistic? Well, I just think, I mean, I don't know how realistic it is or not. I just think that the reports came out and Trey Lance's people might have got a hold of Shanahan and said, you better do something because my client's not happy. And they're, they're underplaying it. Like, I think if San Fran has a chance to get Deshaun Watson, I think they're going to take that chance. Yeah, well, and they could dangle Trey Lance. Yeah. So yep. why not, right? Yep. I mean, listen, I, Casey, what about you on those three? Uh, in the situations that you presented, assuming Christian McCaffrey's healthy, him, uh, Deshaun Watson, and DJ Moore, I think, could be pretty nasty. Yeah. And, and by the way, they got pretty good defense, too. They've built some pretty good things. So they might be the most ready to do stuff. Saints are still a little kind of, I think, in flux, in my opinion. Atlanta, eh, not sure they're there, especially in that division. We'll see. Um, the Here's what's fascinating to me about the San Fran part. Or even, well, it's, it's really, it, it goes back to San Fran and even Green Bay, Austin. Green Bay, I think, did, in many respects, what some teams should do, always think about the future at the quarterback position. I, I say this a lot. I like It is the most underdrafted position in my opinion, because it's the most important. Yet people don't draft and try to get it right. Now, the Packers have had 30 years of it right, (laughs) it seems, with Favre and then Rodgers. But I I get what they were trying to do. Was it the right thing? No, in hindsight. And even in the present day, it probably wasn't right because you could have got them a weapon. But maybe a year later, it was the right idea. You know, they they tried to think about the future. Well, San Francisco kind of did that too. 
and they kept Garoppolo around, and they think about the future with Lance. They even made a move up to go get Lance, so that's a nice aggressive play thinking about down the road. And it's a bit fascinating to me that you can have a guy like Love now just sitting there. Nobody thinks it's going to be great anyway on the little small sample we've seen him, which probably is very unfair. But Rodgers is now keeping him on the bench mm -hmm. or to a new team. And you could get this kind of situation where because now all of a sudden quarterbacks are moving like almost on a yearly basis, you get a Trey Lance who might never really play much for San Francisco if something were to go through. I think that's wild that these teams try to plan for the future, yet they may do an about-face and get rid of the guy that they planned on. Yeah, I mean, I think every team is different. Like, for instance, the Green Bay Packers made a monumental mistake in drafting Jordan Love because, like you said, they were planning for the future. But the problem was is that you're coming off an NFC championship game where you're a couple plays away, well, more than a couple plays away, but, you know, a few plays here, a few plays there from going to the Super Bowl. And here you turn around the next season and spend that first-round pick on the future quarterback. Like, it's one thing to plan for the future, but you can't plan for the future when you're in the moment right now going to NFC championship after NFC championship. you you got to focus in the now moment. And the Packers didn't do that, so that was their mistake. I think with, you know, the 49ers, it was a little different because while they were a talented team and, you know, they made a little bit of a run, the writing was kind of on the wall for Jimmy Garoppolo eventually, right? Because you, you know what he can give you. I mean, we're talking about Aaron Rodgers, you know, one of the best to ever do it compared to Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, there is a difference there. So I get the Trey Lance, you know, draft pick because he fits their offense even better, right? Like, I, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is the prototypical Kyle Shanahan quarterback if Kyle Shanahan had his way. Because Jimmy Garoppolo can't run. He's not a threat at all. Kyle Shanahan's game was built on the read options and all that stuff. Hence why Trey Lance came in. I just, the, the whole Green Bay thing will forever baffle me because, okay, you got to find Aaron Rodgers' successor one day, and that's fine. But you got to go to an NFC Championships game. Why aren't you just trying to help him out and go to a Super Bowl and then worry about it later? Yeah, uh, really interesting quarterback. Do you guys think, real quick before we go to break, do you think... Uh, we're going to is this a is this a never-ending cycle now of pretty good quarterbacks becoming available or is this just like a feels like a two-year thing Ooh, um i mean i think like you know josh allen got a new one patrick Mahomes obviously tied up lamar jack I, I, like they're I, not going anywhere right no, those two no, guys aren't no, going anywhere. no no but, um, but like but like next year i try to look ahead to next year i'm like is it possible kyla murray is on the move I would say, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a possibility for sure. Right? Lamar Jackson, I think they're going to stand by him and be with him and give him a mega deal. I don't see that changing. But, and, and like, listen, I, I love Kyle Murray like anybody, but, like, he's – Murray's not to the point of an Aaron Rodgers, even Russell Wilson, you know, like – No, but it'll be a huge was, name, right? Yeah, it'll be a big name. Absolutely. It'll be a big name that, that you know would instantaneously go in and probably get a mega deal where, wherever he went. More than likely. So, I, like, I understand what you're saying. You're, like – Okay, Brett, this can't really happen all the time because you just don't always have Yeah, I mean, I don't Brady see Brady to Rodgers to Russell. Yeah. Like I don't see Dak Prescott going anywhere anytime soon. But uh, but I'll even bring this up, Austin. Like and I, I guess I don't mean it. We're talking about guys that were franchise quarterbacks and I'll even put Carson Wentz in. Carson Wentz is on his third team in 3 years. Sure. And he's going to be the starting guy, you know? And so I mean, this really goes back to even when Foles got traded to Jacksonville from a Start. I mean, that was a Super Bowl-winning quarterback, mm -hmm. you know? So we've really seen a run on this, and I just, I don't know, maybe it won't end. Uh, like, are you surprised at all in any way, shape, or form if, like, Kirk Cousins got moved next year? 
I wouldn't be surprised. No, but that I mean, they'd they, they him some money. But yeah, I mean, that'd fit the window. That'd fit that kind of quarterback. Yeah, but Kirk Cousins isn't Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. But, oh, no, I know. I think I, I got to be a little more broad yeah. to be able to keep this as a never-ending story. Because, again, you're only getting two or three, maybe a four, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers types. Sure. But when I say starting quarterbacks on the move, I mean, you, I mean like, if you had a starting quarterback, Stafford. man, you kept him and you held on to him, like, for dear life. Yeah, I mean, Stafford was that guy, you know, but that was yeah, more of point. a situation where, you know, they, they weren't going to win in Detroit with him, so you might as well get value by trading him. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, you can see a couple guys like Derek Carr eventually. Well, I mean, they seem Absolutely. to like him now. But yeah. I think that there's always going to be, like, a rotation just because there's always young guys coming out. There's always, you know, the, the next big thing. So I definitely think there will be a rotation, but not to the extent of, of the, the talent that we saw this year, I think. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, I think we might be in a, a short window of time with the Russells, the Rodgers, and heck, even the Bradys. You know, the mm -hmm. Brady between is coming and going over these last couple of years has been making that kind of noise uh, in the news cycle. All right, let's take a break. We come back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We continue to talk about NFL free agency. And um, are the Jags done now? Somebody asked me that question today, and I said, yeah, I think they're done. I think they're done with the splash moves at least. I mean, heck, they made six of them. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of have to be done, I think. Where else could they go? And do we know that they're going defensive end? I feel like we ask this every day. And then I see on my timeline people talking about Evan Neal still. Maurice Jones-Drew as Evan Neal coming to Jacksonville. Yeah. Mojo, you out of your mind, man? I think you are. All the writings on the wall for Hutchinson, for Thibodeau. We'll talk about it on ESPN 690. You created this situation after the mess that was the 2021 season. Because I don't know that expectations could have been higher for the Cleveland Browns going into that season after they had won a playoff game. They beat the hell out of the Pittsburgh Steelers. They lost last second in Arrowhead to the Kansas City Chiefs that went on to the Super Bowl out of the AFC. And so in 2021, this was supposed to be the year that Baker Mayfield and the Browns ascended until to the Final Four, to the title contention rounds. And they absolutely fell flat on their face. Now, we can put that on the injury that Baker had to his throwing shoulder, but also, we started to see some cracks when it came to the leadership aspect of Baker Mayfield's game. Baker Mayfield, an interesting one as you look at the uh, quarterback situation around the NFL. We were just talking about it. Who could go certain places? I thought Cleveland might be a dark horse to get Deshaun Watson, Austin. I'm not so sure about that anymore. I thought they might make a play. I thought maybe that was a little bit involved with the Amari Cooper stuff, mm. um, but I don't think so. I think uh, they're just going on with Baker, and they got Amari Cooper to offset the losses of players like uh, uh, Landry and OBJ. Yeah, um... You know, the the Baker Mayfield thing is it's wild because we see the optics on the field, you know, and we hear about it, and, you know, it's pretty bad from what we understand. Um, and then, like, sometimes you hear what his teammates got to say, and, like, they always have his back, you know. So I'm sure that the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. He, he did have a lot of injuries last year. Not saying that's an excuse or not, but it is what it is. You know, it, it's just it's one of those things where – I think they're on the fence about Baker Mayfield, as they should be, because his performance on the field, he's shown some good and he's shown some bad. I think if a better opportunity comes by, regardless of where you drafted him, regardless of how much money you're tied to him, if you can upgrade that position, then you upgrade that position. 
So if Deshaun Watson, you know, is available, then I, I definitely see them making a play. It's just the fact of they may like Baker Mayfield too much. I don't know. Yeah, there's a possibility of that and sticking by him. And we'll see. He's going to have a prove-it year, I, I would imagine, and a show-me year uh, for the uh, Cleveland Browns. Quarterback situations all over the NFL are just so – it seems almost so volatile. I kind of like it. At least here in Jacksonville, we know Trevor Lawrence is the guy moving forward for now. Um, it also – you hope that he gets to the point where you wonder if he'll be here for a long time because you have to wonder that. But that also is a bit scary <laughs> down the road because mm-hmm. it used to be get your franchise quarterback and you know you got him for 12 years. I'm not sure I feel that way anymore. It's well, not listen, like locked in. I, I will take that all day if it's Me like, too. man, he's pretty good. <laughs> I hope he sticks around as opposed to ye. Yeah, you know, go find we, me another one, exactly. right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, I w- um, I'd rather have him, you know, be the guy and have a risk of leaving than him, him not being the guy, and then we're back to square one again. Yeah, absolutely. Brent Martin along with Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz here on a Tuesday. Uh, it's really been a lot of fun with the uh, free agency in the NFL, and, and a lot of fun because the Jags have been a big part of it. I, I've enjoyed this for watching the Jags kind of try to get better and really make a swing at trying to get better. I think they do have some good players on their team, by the way. It's not void of good players. Uh, not enough, and they added a few more, and hopefully some of these blossom and they're the right moves. I've said all along, Austin, the Jags needed about five or eight good decisions, like really good decisions to turn this around. Doug Peterson was the starting point of that. This is the next phase. I'm not sure I'd put Cam Robinson decision in that pile, although you might. But if you take Cam and you take these six moves, so that's seven moves, seven bigger moves. Mm-hmm. How many are like, would you, can I put in the pile of, I think that's a good decision? Ooh, okay. So, I mean, let's start from the beginning. Uh, tendering Wingard, okay. Um, <laughs> we'll see. It became official today. We'll see. Okay, it became official? <laughs> yeah. Oh, good, 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 good. Um, listen, I think Aluakon is, is obviously a great decision, right? Because a young guy, a lot of speed, a lot of upside there. Hasn't even, probably even reached his full potential yet. So I like Aluakon. Um, you know, Fadukasi is, I mean, I, I do like it because, it, number one, it shows me what you're trying to do on defense, which, okay, I appreciate the, the heads up. I appreciate the tip. And also, this guy is a run stuffer, which means he brings an attitude um, to the locker room because anybody that's great at stopping the run has an attitude. It's just it goes hand in hand. So I like that one. You know, the, the Christian Kirk signing, obviously you overpaid for him. Anybody's going to tell you that. But he does upgrade your wide receiver room. So it helps out Trevor Lawrence. So how can I not like that? I get the Evan Ingram one. A lot of drops, a lot of underachieving in New York. May have overpaid just a little bit, even though it's a prove-it deal. Once again, a weapon for Trevor Lawrence. So I like that one. Um, who, who am I missing here? Oh, uh, the, the Zay Jones. Z- you know, the, the Zay Jones, it depends how Peterson sees him. Because, like, I see a guy like Zay Jones, and it's like, okay, you probably have to compete with Marvin Jones. And I don't know if he can beat a Marvin Jones. Like, I, I really don't know, like, what – in what realm the Jaguars are going to use a Zay Jones. Now, he, he's got speed, so put him on the outside. Okay, so be it. Um, for what you paid him, though, you know, when it could have went to DJ Chark, that's probably the one where – I'm not saying it's a bad thing because, once again, a weapon for Trevor Lawrence. But it's probably one I would have went, did you have to pay him that much? Yeah. I can't confidently put Zay Jones in that bucket, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. I think Fadakasi kind of fits that for me, too. I agree with you. The linebacker move is one where if you look statistically, if you look what he brings to the table, if you look, you know, here's one facet of this that I think the Jags needed to upgrade in, 
in a major way, Austin, and you know I've said this for a couple of different, uh, probably for months, toward the end of the season and right after the season. I think they needed to get better football IQ-wise. They just signed a guy from Yale. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, doesn't always fit, but I got to believe that that fits pretty nicely from a football IQ standpoint. So I put him in that pile, too. See, I think Sheriff is an upgrade, a blue chip guy. I know you're not going to have him for 10 years, but I think Sheriff is a blue chip guy, and I think you need more of those. So I will put those two in there. And honestly, if I'm, I, I, I want to put Kirk in that, but I can't tell you that that was a great decision yet. So I think I put Peterson in that decision. I think I put Scherf in that dis- that bucket. I think I put um, uh, linebacker in that bucket. And these names are still not rolling off the top of my tongue, by the way. Um, and uh, and I think you know who else? I think I put Ingram in that dis- that bucket. So I'm the- I think they're up to like four. I think you need six to eight. Yeah. And now that leaves the draft where you've got to make the right call at number one, the right call at number thirty-three, and maybe you get lucky beyond that. Yeah, I mean, so is, is the Kirk? So to you, is the Kirk thing? It's more about the money that you paid him, right? Or like what? What? Well, what it, makes here, you question what I, the It's not Kirk. about the money. Okay. It's not about the money. Here's, I asked this question yesterday, and I can't, if I'm being honest with myself, well, I, I you know me, Sunshine and Rainbows Club, I w- I'm positive about it. I like the move, but I can't concretely tell you that he's changing their offense mm. by adding him. If you had put, like we we had this discussion, if you put Amari Cooper here on this team, I would have said, oh, yeah, change your offense. Absolutely. Christian Kirk, I don't know if I feel that way. I could see how it would, how it could. I can buy into the upside. But I can't sit here and tell you that yet. Now, if I ask the same question in September or October and we're seeing the results and we're like, okay, slide him into that bucket, the Jags made another good decision. That's fair enough. But I just don't know if I can sit here and do that right now. I like what they did in the middle of the defense. I like what they did with Sheriff. He's a blue-chip kind of player. We don't have enough of those in Jacksonville. And I really like adding the adding Ingram. It takes the pressure off you from a, a situation uh, in the draft. It adds to a tight end room that now you, add, you tell me, Dan Arnold, what I saw in Ingram. I kind of like that all of a sudden. But they went me, from really bad to, I think I like that. Yeah, but let me ask you this, though. Well, with Evan Ingram, though, I mean, isn't kind of the Christian Kirk effect where – yeah, you haven't to see it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, don't you need to see more from Evan Ingram? I probably do, Austin. But I think, based on what else I could have got there, I think that was the best decision they could have made. Okay. Okay. And 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 maybe a little of this is semantics here, but I'm not. I'm not telling. I can't tell you for sure. Christian Kirk was the best decision they could have made. Amari Cooper, Allen Robinson. I think you could make the case those guys could have been better decisions. Oh, absolutely, for sure. Right? Yeah. And so I don't, I don't think I think that way. Listen, the, the top flight guys, some of them were kept and, and um, franchised at tight end. I, I think of all the guys we mentioned yesterday back on the board at tight end or drafting, I think Ingram was a great way to go. Okay. I got really excited about that move. I, I think that's a good move for this football team. So I'm going to put it in that bucket. And uh, so that would give me four moves. I'm not putting the Cam Robinson move. I don't really fully still 100% get it. Um, and now you just hope you make two good draft picks. And then a guy like, so if I'm up to six in that respect, if you get two good draft picks at one and 33, well, then maybe the Kirk move turns into number seven in that bucket. Mm-hmm. You know? And so, again, this is really my belief here in my philosophy and theory is that if they could make six to eight good decisions in a couple-month period 
from hiring the coach all the way through the draft, I think you have a real good chance to start to flip this thing and turn it in the right direction. These are not six to eight moves that are going to get you to the Super Bowl. But I think it's a good starting point. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, you know, overall in free agency, once again, did you spend a lot of money? Absolutely. Could this come back to bite you three or four years down the line? You better believe it. But the way it looks right now, you have five or six new starters on this team. So that's all you can really ask of. Now, the key is you, you have to couple that with a, a successful draft. And, and that's something where, if you look at the history, you should probably be a little nervous on. Because yeah. in terms of drafting, the Jaguars haven't done a great job of that. They've had a couple guys follow them here and there, and then they've made the right decision because, well, it was a no-brainer. But they have to hit on that first pick. They hit on number 33 because... I don't want to see it like last year where, you know, you drafted a second-round guy, a third-round guy. It's like, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to play him eventually. Here, We'll see what happens. Your first-round pick has to be a bona fide starter. Your second-round pick has to be a bona fide starter. And more than likely, your third-round pick better contribute day one. Yeah, I agree. Uh, listen, uh, my philosophy and theory on this is that if you're already a pretty good team, you probably have to make two or three, maybe even four good decisions each offseason to stay good and then be a good competitor in the playoffs and maybe a Super Bowl contender. I think if you're trying to flip it, listen, we could sit here and say you need 12 good decisions, but that's unrealistic. I think you need six to eight good decisions to start to turn it in the right direction. The Jags have failed miserably on that front. Go back to last year and look at their decision-making. They didn't play big in free agency. They made the wrong hire at head coach. Uh, we don't know enough about the draft. Thankfully, Trevor is one of their good decisions because, well, they had to make that decision. Turned out ETN, we don't know if that's still a good decision. I think Tyson Campbell was a good decision because I think he's a good player. But beyond that, we don't really know. So if you go back to last year and you start looking around, you're like, okay, I think they made like three like good decisions to help turn it around. Well, one of them was the head coach that they didn't make a good decision. Yeah. That like trumps everything. So if this is the right coach and it starts there, and then you just added a couple few pieces – and now we're up to, like, four good decisions, and, and we can argue maybe it's five or even six if you really like it. And then you make two or three more in the draft. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm saying. And, did, and by the way, I also don't think you offset it with any terrible decisions. See, I don't think the Miles Jack move is a terrible decision. What about retaining Trent Baalke? Well, fair enough, but he helped make these good decisions we're talking about this weekend. No, I'm saying, but, I mean, if you count against Urban Meyer, you probably count against, you know, Baalke right now. I mean, you 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 could, but if we like some of the decisions he's making, maybe it maybe maybe that ends up going in the bucket of not a bad decision to keep him. Possibly, or you know? if, if Doug Peterson once again the collaboration was yeah. Doug Peterson heavy as well. I mean, the 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 bottom line is Urban proved to be a terrible decision. Of course, and he set back the organization. If Bulky makes a lot of crappy picks, well then he does the same. Yeah. But Peterson, at least we feel like, might be able to offset that. And that's why I think we're high on the Peterson decision as of right now. Yep. So, um, it's listen, it's a more how do we feel, how do we project, how do we look. We'll really have the answer to this sometime in, like, November uh, for sure. And and wins and losses, by the way, will add up to that, too. <laughs> uh, we'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Welcome back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Last segment for me. We moved up a little baseball game out here in Clearwater because of some rain coming in. So 5 p.m. start. Thanks for taking it the rest of the way with football at 5. Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz. Do want to mention our ESPN 690 Female Athlete of the Week winner. More than 1,400 votes last week. 
Piper Young from Baldwin. I've seen her pitch. She's a very good pitcher. Off to a nice start in the 2022 season uh, for the pitcher and hitter uh, at uh, Baldwin for the Indians. So congratulations to Piper, everybody who voted for her. We'll have a new set of nominees up tomorrow and run it through Sunday evening for our ESPN 690 Female Athlete of the Week, something we're doing in the month of March uh, to recognize women's in history in Women in History Month. Um, and uh, we'll be doing that for the next few weeks. So you can go to ESPN690.com not only to vote, but also to nominate a female athlete. So please do that. Uh, nominate an athlete at ESPN690.com. Speaking of some softball, too, good time to mention the uh, Swoop Minute and the UNF Ospreys. They had won 13 in a row on the softball diamond and they did lose to florida gulf coast on monday to have that streak snapped but they are off to a terrific start uh for the unf ospreys one of the best in school history and they are actually top five in the country in earned run average uh coming into the week so how about that i mean we're talking like oklahoma and other schools that's where they're at they, they had Nine out of ten wins were by shutout at one wow. time. What a stretch that is. And they have three different pitchers doing it. It's not just one pitcher carrying the load. So check out more about the UNF softball team at unfospreys.com. I think baseball team right now is playing, actually trying to beat the rain. I guess there's some rain in Jacksonville um, that they're trying to uh, get that game in. The uh, softball team will play a couple of games tomorrow uh, at home, and then uh, they play on the weekend as well if you want to check them out all things unf ospreys unfospreys.com news schedules results and how you can get tickets as well a lot of spring sports in action right now and since uh, we're pumping just about everything up i want to remind you we've got the first four games tonight on espn 690 and on espn690.com we've got our bracket challenge you can win win a million bucks if you've got a perfect bracket you can't win if you don't play austin have you put your bracket in yet not yet, man. I always wait till Wednesday. Oh, yeah, you said that. Yep. Um, I got to be honest with you. I've done a poor job of studying. I got some studying to do. That Monday players threw everything off for me. Yeah. So, Here come uh, the excuses. Well, I did. I mean, right now, it's not an excuse. I'll get it in. Okay. Don't worry. Okay. Oh, wait, Casey's already got are you, All right. Where do you guys fall on the, can you do multiple brackets, or are you like a one-bracket guy? Oh, no. It's just a one-bracket. Come on now. Casey, I know you do multiple brackets. Yep, 100%. Yeah. Well, I but I'm going to say for the contest, though. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm just. Oh saying, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Just one for contest. But okay, I have a okay. couple. Yeah. Okay. But I'll do. I'll. I'll end up. I mean, why would you put just one bracket in? Put a couple brackets in. If you if you've got different things going on. Yeah, yeah. My nice. favorite thing about this time of year is like you never used to be able to talk about like pools and stuff. And now you kind of can. Oh yeah, because everyone's doing it. Everybody's doing. It. Let's uh, yeah. Let's not be so naive. Of course like, we're talking about. Like you used to think like you'd get arrested if like you mentioned the word. Sure. Sure. <laughs> not on this show. <laughs> not on this show, not any show. Yeah. Uh, the people doing the arresting have their own pool. That's <laughs> true. <Sure. laughs> At least they better. Uh, but anyway, we got a lot of college basketball. We are your home for March Madness here on ESPN 690. A couple games tonight, a couple games tomorrow. Uh, don't forget uh, Action Sports Shack's OT leading into that right after our show with Brian and Casey as well. All right, guys, take it from here. More football talk coming up. Uh, we'll see you back here uh, from the west coast of Florida coming up tomorrow at 3 o'clock. We'll be back on ESPN 690.